Welcome to In The Loop, the Charlotte Area Chambers podcast, where we talk about everything Charlotte with area business and community leaders. Here are your hosts, Chamber Chief Operating Officer Michael Orzak and CEO of Chase Media, Diane Chase. Hi, Tony. Welcome to In The Loop, the Charlotte Area's Chambers podcast, where we talk about Charlotte, business, news, and anything else you want to talk about. Welcome and welcome to my co-host, Diane Chase. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you today, Tony. We appreciate you taking a few minutes to share some insights and words of wisdom from your editor's chair at the Charlotte Ledger. And uh, congratulations, by the way, because you've been in that post for how long? Yeah, we've been going for three years now. Yeah. Um, what it, you know, in those three years, what are some of the key trends, shall we say, that you have seen as as Charlotte has really grown in, in so many different ways? Of course, we've had the, the pandemic, you know, tangent, but what are, what are some of the major evolutions you've seen in Charlotte business in the past three years? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, well, one of the things I, I think is just really some of the you know, resiliency and just how strong our economy is in this area. You know, we, you know, we went through a pandemic and a lot of things shut down, but, you know, people kept spending, you know, you, you, people kept um, you know, starting new businesses. You know, there are a lot of big, strong entrepreneurial spirit here in Charlotte. Um, obviously a lot of growth, a lot of people moving here, you know, people always comment also, you know, driving around, looks like construction hasn't stopped, still building like crazy. So it's really, I think it's a really good place to be for businesses, um, you know, small businesses, businesses of all size. And uh, I think that's one of the things that you, that you really hear a lot, just, just talking to people like we do with the Charlotte Ledger. Are there any specific areas of economic development that you're seeing uh, really take off? or for the kind of that future forward lens that you have, what, what do you see happening in the next three years? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. You know, I, I talk to a lot of real estate people, people in commercial real estate, and I'm always sort of looking like, is this slow, you know, is it slowing down? There's talk of a, you know, a recession around the corner, interest rates are going up, what's going to happen with that? Are deals getting harder to finance? And it seems to be like, well, we might slow down a little bit, but it's still going to pretty much, I think, be going like, um, like gangbusters, you know, we're sort of blessed, I think, um, you know, in Charlotte like that. Obviously, you know, you have a lot of changes, you know, uh, with the economy and, and th- things going on nationally that obviously Charlotte's a part of, you know, increasing uses of uh, technology and, and automation. I think a lot of businesses are, are, you know, figuring out how they, how do I work technology into, into my business? You know, Michael and I were talking before about, uh, you know, Facebook and you know, social media. And I mean, it's, for a lot of people, some of these things are can be a little um, challenging or a little bit new, but I think businesses are finding ways ways to, you know, evolve and, and take advantage of, of some of the resources that are out there. Do you think, like, small and mid-sized businesses um, have opportunities to, to learn from bigger international organizations, corporations, entities coming into the area. It's just pretty amazing to, you know, with AI and uh, even pharmaceutical, energy, uh, gosh, you know, obviously, you know, this I think is fascinating with the electric vehicles and how that's spurring all kinds of different growth. Um, 
you know, it seems like there's opportunities for small and mid-sized businesses to maybe support those bigger industries. Yeah, I mean, I think you see that a lot when you have some of these big companies move to town. You know, you have um, Centene, you know, the, the health insurer that's setting up in the University City area. I mean, I think that's going to, and you, you know, the, the part that you don't always see is the smaller businesses kind of coming in after those bigger businesses. I mean, you think of the um, the medical school that Atrium Health and Wake Forest are putting in in the Dilworth Midtown area. I think a lot of people are very excited that that's going to spur a lot of smaller um, businesses, startups, a lot of innovation around that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, to say nothing of even, you know, companies that come in and, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they clean the offices at the end of the day or, or they provide food service or, I mean, there, there's all kinds of, there's a multiplier effect of, um, you know, of, of small and mid-sized businesses that, you know, that, that are able to, um, you know, thrive because of some of those bigger businesses coming in. So, I mean, I, there's certainly, I think, business opportunities um, for that as to whether, you know, they can learn from those bigger businesses. It does seem like there are a lot of different, you know, trade groups, um, you know, uh, in Charlotte, you know, big and big and small, where people can, can get get together, you know, in different industries. I, I so agree. You know, the labor pool issue is really something concerning me, and I would imagine a lot of business owners right now. So um, the opportunity to grow your business it can be stifled because we just don't have the the people power to make it happen. Do you see that changing? Yeah, I mean, eventually it's got to sort of even out. I think. I think we've been coming out of the pandemic the last couple of years. That all the equilibrium that we might have had beforehand has just been really thrown out of whack. With you know, from the demand side, from um, you know, consumer demands changing and that sort of rippling through to the you know supply side of things, and you know, you have shortages of you know truckers, you have, you know, gas, diesel being a lot more expensive. It's just a very odd time right now with, with some of what's going on. And businesses are really challenged, I think, to deal with that. And certainly the labor part of it, you know, um, uh, I mean, in North Carolina, we just had a piece today that the, um, I think the unemployment rate fell to 3.3%, which is the lowest since 1999 statewide. And I haven't looked at the number for Charlotte yet, but it might, you know, Charlotte usually outpaces you know, the state. So it's really hard finding qualified people. I mean, that's no secret. Um, and, you know, so you have a lot of businesses that are having to get creative. They're having to work shorthanded, figure things out, maybe not do expansions that would be labor intensive. Um, it's really an odd, really an odd time, I think. Um, so I don't know that there's any silver bullet to solving it. Um, you know, some of it's just going to sort of have to shake itself out. So one of the ways you do that, of course, is also higher wages. Um, you know, the, the war for talent that's been going on. How do you make your business more attractive to uh, em employees? What sort of perks do you need to offer them? Do you can they work from home? Do you need a foosball table and beer taps like you've seen some companies put in? I mean, it's a it's kind of a wild time when you when you think about it. Yeah, you when you mentioned. Um, trucking industry and then my mind went right over to people were saying oh we don't need these self-driving trucks and now we can't get them fast enough right if the implementation right. of the safety of it it's not coming fast enough so yeah it's just an ever-changing flux right now 
Yeah, we, we were talking about technology and, and automation. I think that's going to be, I think a lot of places are, you know, are, are looking at that and you're seeing, you know, businesses getting by with, you know, fewer and fewer workers because things are automated. Like a lot of people think, oh, if you go to a warehouse, it's just going to be a bunch of people driving forklifts. That's not the case anymore. It, it might have been that a lot of these places you walk in and they look kind of empty because a lot of it, the most modern ones are very automated and they don't require the the people as much as they did anymore. I mean, you're seeing that in a variety of industries, self-serve kiosks and, you know, I mean, it, it, it's all over. So um, I don't know. Yeah, it varies by industry, but I mean, it's certainly a longer term trend. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's still, it's still an area where there's a lot of opportunity to use AI and, and technology to kind of replace that need for human power, if you will, but there are still so many service industries, I mean, the medical industry, um, you, you need to see a doctor. Um, yes, we can do telemed and all that sort of thing, but, um, you know, needing to have an x-ray and having no one there to do it um, is, is kind of scary. Yeah, are we going to get to a point where you have you know, like you have self-checkout at the grocery store. Can you have come in and do a self-X-ray? I don't know. I don't know where you're going to get there. It's but, a DIY, I mean, it, sure you know, it's a DIY it. hospital. Okay. Right. Sure, why not? <laughs> awesome. Save on those bills. What a... <laughs> I don't know. I um, I do think about that. But I think that it's um, it's a real opportunity for leadership in businesses to invest in professional development for their people because it it generates their loyalty during the great resignation and it also helps them feel more productive more part of a, a meaningful you know day-to-day -day work life right mm -hmm. and that's what keeps people engaged and keeps people productive if they feel like they're valued, first of all, and that they're contributing to something greater than themselves. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's been a big shift too. Like it used to be, you know, it used to be sort of all about the money and the perks and, and now, but if, if you look at surveys now, particularly of younger workers, workers in their 20s and 30s, it's, they really want to have meaning. They want their job to have meaning. They're willing to forego um, yeah higher salaries for some of that work-life balance for either, you know, flexible hours for, uh, you know, sense of community. So I think that's really for people who maybe, you know, you know, grew up several decades ago, that might be sort of a new, new way of thinking. And, you know, the whole concept of how do you manage, um, you know, uh, the millennials and uh, Gen, Gen Z, Gen Z, you know, that's a, it's a very, it's a very different thing because the values I think are a little bit different than, than what they were, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago. No, there's no doubt. There's so much research out there. Um, Purpose-driven companies are able to really stay profitable. Um, the research is really fascinating actually. Uh, so my mantra, I think I've probably said it before on the podcast, Michael, <laughs> if you keep people and purpose as your priorities, profits will follow. Mm -hmm. So um, I always thought your mantra was, "If it's free, it's for me." <laughs> I have never said that in my life. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, never pay. Never pay retail. That's my mantra. <laughs> 
but I, uh, yeah, I think that just, it's a whole, it's a whole shift in, in how leadership has to figure out what is going to engage their people and, and keep them energized and, you know, do leadership development, help them get better at whatever they need to get better with at, um, to be more successful. And if they, what, how is it? I think it's like every four years people are changing, you know, especially Gen Z will be changing jobs every three to four years. So they may not stay with you for 10 years, but if you help them become better professionally and they feel like, you know, you're helping them become more successful, they'll do a better job with, for you while they are there with your company. No, I think that's right. I think the research bears that out and they have that you know, leaders should, should be looking for the long term. How do you develop your people? How do you take the people you have and put them in the right roles and, and help them grow and help them get better? Definitely. So when I think about the ledger and you have like a business section of the ledger, what are people reading about in that? What's a story? What's a crazy story that you got? And then how do people get your attention to say, okay, I know you get hundreds of press releases, probably you have to pick one. How do people get your attention to say, Ooh, pick me. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, so we have a newsletter. We have actually four different Charlotte focused newsletters. The main one is on business. It comes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. We got one on obituaries, uh, obituaries. We have one on transit and transportation, and we have one on the new pro soccer team. So that's state. Um, but you know, the way we make decisions is we just sort of look at it and say, well, what's what do we think our readers are going to be interested in? We're trying to do on the business newsletter, I and mean, we're trying to do smart, relevant, informative articles that you haven't seen other places. So we don't go to a whole bunch of um, press conferences we tend to not just rewrite press releases. We're out looking for original, interesting or important um, information or someone with, a, you know, with an interesting story. But you know, a lot of these just come about, we just sort of hear about them through you know, people telling us, you know, we've developed a community of readers that says, hey, you should look into this or point us in the right direction. That's something that's been really cool is to kind of building this is to kind of get to meet different people and um, try to build this community of people you know, who, who care about Charlotte and and sort of want to know what's going on. So that's sort of our mission is to kind of just keep people um, informed and, and share some of that information. Are there, to, to back to Michael's question, do you have any like three tips for business owners who believe they have a good story? How best might they uh, connect with you? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, it is really hard, I think, just generally. I mean, I guess it's just a matter of knowing. Um, and I know this is sort of, you always hear public relations people talking about this too, but it's like sort of know who it is you're pitching and why it might be appealing to them. You know, for example, we had a series that we did last year. It was called A Better You in 2021. And a lot of, and I actually, I posted one of these on the, the Chamber's site and I saw it was distributed last week, but it, it was a series in which we had people just sort of giving advice on how to improve themselves or improve their businesses. And it was, a, we ran a couple of weeks for, I don't know, four or five weeks. And, you know, a lot of people saw that and said, okay, well, hey, I have some advice 
I could offer, whether it's, uh, you know, better organizations, um, you know, for balancing your, you know, uh, work life or home life. Maybe it's here, here's how to, you know, get better at LinkedIn. I mean, so we had that we had people who came to us and pitched that series, knowing that that we ran a series that was trying to be helpful to people and to businesses. So that's an example of sort of knowing your audience when you're um, suggesting a, a story. In our case, you know, we were looking for, um, you know, helpful information. And so we had people say, oh, well, raise their hands. I, I could offer some helpful information on this. Um, so, you know, it's a matter of knowing before you approach a media organization, sort of understand how that, the sorts of stories that that media organization does, um, you know, and, and how your business might fit into that. Perfect. And would you advise um, to, well, work with a, a media relations person and or if they want to contact the outlet specifically emailing uh, an, a reporter or the assignment editor? Yeah, that's always tough. I mean, different places work differently. I mean, I, I know a lot of the PR people, um, in town, and I mean, I'm sure if you talk to them, they will tell you. I mean, so, some of them will probably guarantee that they can get you more coverage. Um, others, you know, probably would maybe be more realistic and say, "Listen, we'll we'll try and get your story out, but who knows how these media companies operate? They kind of do their own thing. We don't understand it, or something like that." Um, but it, yeah, I mean, I think you can reach out individually. A lot of times, the, the, the PR people, I think the value that they bring is they can help you really sort of articulate what, um, you know, what your value is and what, what it is that you're offering, kind of streamline that, hone that, and to get it in front of a, a reporter who might, um, you know, who might be interested in something like that. I, I will say it is hard. I mean, the number of reporters in Charlotte, you know, has shrunk um, over the last, you know, 10, 15 years or so. So it's, and at the same time, Charlotte's growing a lot and has a lot of new businesses. So it's, it is a very, I think, tricky um, to do. As far as, you know, I think it's perfectly fine to email a reporter directly. Um, I mean, I hear from a lot of people. I mean, if, if people want to email me um, and just and talk about something, they're always welcome to do that. Um, but, you know, just understand that a lot of times reporters do receive a lot of pitches and it's hard. I mean, it, it's hard to, you know, keep up with the volume of them sometimes. So. Um, I guess that's how I would answer that. Yeah. And to kind of level set expectations in terms of reporters bandwidth to attend your grand opening or whatever it might be. That's a, a challenge. Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough one. Um, you know, like I say, there are not a lot of reporters out there and there, there are really not a lot of business reporters out there and um, you know, attending grand openings. I mean, you know, it's probably, it might be easier to get the mayor to a grand opening than it would be to get a reporter in some cases. Uh, unfortunately, that's just sort of the reality of it. You know, a lot of times we look at it, we don't, we tend, frankly, like at the ledger, we tend not to attend um, very many grand openings or groundbreakings or things like that, because a lot of times the news has already been reported. One thing that a lot of companies are doing that I think is useful is they're going around the media. Like you don't, that's, media is great. But you have a lot of options now that you didn't have before in terms of telling your own story, whether it's on social media, whether it's on your website, whether it's 
you know, direct connections with your customers through email lists, through the Charlotte Area Chamber of Commerce, you know, a lot of a lot of different. Um, I just pointed at the side. But um, but there are a lot of options. So I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily, oh, if I don't get mentioned in Charlotte Observer, it's, uh, you know, it's a failure. You have other options. Exactly right. That's such a great, great, great point. And, you know, in back to the, you know, working with a, a professional, if you will, to I think the, the key thing there is that they can help you with your key messages back to the point you were talking about a while ago. So, you know, I can... I can talk to a business owner and um, help them really refine their unique selling proposition or their key messages they want to get out that they might be fuzzy on and right. we'll help them stand apart so they don't sound like every other business out there saying, cover me. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's right. I mean, sometimes it's just going to depend on what, you know, what it is you know, your, your company does, and maybe it's finding that little hook or that little thing that's going to, you know, interest Unique, yeah. somebody and it's, uh, that can be hard to do, but no, I mean, that, but back to this issue of telling your own story. I mean, if you look at some of the bigger brands, like they're doing that, you know, like you, some of the, like, like the banks, you know, uh, some of the hospital systems there, they are, I mean, they have their own essentially media mm -hmm. operations, you know, they have, they you know, actually call them newsrooms in their, in the, inside the organization. Yeah, I mean, Novant, I can tell you, has hired a number of former Charlotte Observer reporters and editors, and they go and they do great story. I mean, they go, they get a pro, you know, professional photograph, they go you know, interview people, they're writing their own news stories, and they're putting them on their own site, pushing them out through their own channels, and they're basically, you know, they're not putting all their eggs in the, in the media basket, they're making their own, like you say, like their own newsrooms. Mm -hmm. um, now, small businesses, you know, probably don't have that kind of resources, but it's, I mean, it just shows you that, you know, there are opportunities to do that and not just completely be dependent on, on, um, you know, on the news media. Yeah, exactly. The traditional media anyway. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Michael, anything else? I'm good. Thank you, Tony. This was great information. Um, I was good talking to you, understanding how the ledger works, how they get their stories, how they get them out there. Um, thanks for giving us some insight or your thoughts of Charlotte into the future. And now maybe we'll get some more reporters. Maybe the um, Charlotte area chamber needs a reporter. There you go. Tell, tell story. I'm available. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tony. This was a great conversation. And again, congratulations on all the great work you're doing here in Charlotte and the, the greater Charlotte area. Great. Well, yeah, thank you both for having me on. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to both of you. And, and happy to be uh, a proudly member of the, uh, the Charlotte Area Chamber. Uh, good to be with you. Thanks. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on In the Loop the Charlotte Area Chamber Weekly Business and Community Podcast with your hosts, Michael Orsak and Diane Chase. If you'd like to be a sponsor, please contact us through our website, charlotteareachamber.com. Join us again next week for the latest scoop in the loop.